Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4, episode 44 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue with this week's Come Follow Me materials in February the 7th to February the 13th, found in Genesis chapters 12 to 17 and Abraham chapters 1 to 2. Uh, and today we will be moving into Abraham chapter 2. But before I do that, uh, I want to first uh, focus in on um, the end of Abraham chapter 1. We're not going to cover this in much detail, It does, um, but it does outline something I think that is very interesting for us as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, when you read uh, from um, where we left off yesterday, uh, Abraham gives an explanation about uh, the leaders in Egypt and uh, why um, they are idolatrous people, why um, we have Pharaoh and, and doing these things with these idols. Um, and it basically is outlined the fact that we have an explanation that Pharaoh wanted to be able to have uh, the the power or the authority of the priesthood. Again, I'm not going to go into much too detail about this because I think for us, from what we can learn today, uh, there isn't as much there as, as possibly we, we might be able to draw on from what else we have to cover this week. However, I do want to draw your attention to the fact that it indicates in those verses that there was a group, a civilization of people who at that time were not able to have the rights of the priesthood uh, with them. And of course, you know, we don't know the reason why. The Lord has his own reasons and his own purposes as to why that is. But that perhaps could lead us to consider why in our day there was a period of time where certain civilizations or groups or groups of people, I should say, uh, were not able to hold the authority of the priesthood at that moment in time. And then that changed. We, we have uh, examples throughout scriptures, throughout history of policy doctrines changing throughout time. And we'll have a look at the end of this uh, section this week as well about how there were some things that Abraham was asked to do, which we are not today. And that doesn't mean that they were wrong at the time of Abraham. And it doesn't mean that they are right to do today. It's just that um, the Lord asks us to do certain things in certain times uh, and in certain seasons for his will and for his understanding Um because he has much greater understanding than I do, uh, and we need to have um, we need to have trust in that. But uh, moving on then into chapter two, uh, and in verse three it says, "Now the Lord had said unto me, Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee." So Abraham was obedient, and he left the land of Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan taking Lot, his brother's son, and his wife, and also his wife, Sarai, uh, his wife. Uh, and his father followed after him. Um, and they moved forward from that point. I mean, that's something that is pretty much skimmed over, is the fact that this father, who, of course, was one of the main instigators behind him trying to, or, or the, the attempts on his um, sacrifice to these idols, goes with them. Um, how unfortunately later on in this chapter we learn that um, his father then apostatized again um, and remains in in Haran uh, in Genesis chapter eleven. But um, you know there is a there is a bit of um, I guess hope for us I guess and hope for our loved ones. I mean I'm sure that if we have loved ones who have turned away from the gospel, they are not trying to sacrifice us to to idols. However, they may well be um, very antagonistic or very. Uh, opposing uh, of our faith in, in the gospel. 
Um, and I guess that this small story gives us a bit of hope um, that you know they may change their minds or they may come to to the truth of the gospel once again. Um, and even if you know um, Abraham's father did, uh, as he did apostatize later again, there is always an opportunity he may return again. Uh, but moving forward, we'll focus back onto Abraham uh, and the covenants that is made. In verse eight, um, the Lord says, "My name is Jehovah, and I know the end from the beginning. Therefore, my hand shall be over thee." Um, what great of great promise and reminder that we have that the Lord knows all things. The fact that we are able to have a loving God who, and, and Saviour who loves us uh, and is able to do all things for us it is a wonderful um, thing we can have trust in. Elder Neil A. Maxwell said, quote, Our own intellectual shortfalls and perplexities do not alter the fact of God's astonishing foreknowledge, which takes into account our choices for which we are responsible. Amid the mortal fragmentary communiques and the breaking news of the day concerning various human conflicts, God lives in an eternal now, where the past, present and future are, con are constantly before him. His divine determinations are guaranteed, since whatever he takes in his heart to do, he will surely do it. He knows the end from the beginning. God is fully able to do his work and to bring all his purposes to pass, something untrue of the best laid plans of man, since we are so often use we use our agency amiss. Close quote. So, we need to, first of all, take trust and faith in the fact that we are led by a loving, knowing Heavenly Father and that he has a plan for us. And whilst at times that plan maybe um, seems uncertain or maybe sometimes it seems like something that is not right for us, we can have the trust and the knowledge that he is able to have his hand in all things. Uh, and as we strive to keep close to him, he will guide us uh, to all that is good for us. And in verse 9, the Lord, the Lord indeed says to Abraham, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee above measure, and make thy name great among all nations, and that thou shalt be a blessing unto thy seed after thee, that in their hands they shall bear this ministry and, a, and priesthood unto all nations. And now we need to listen carefully, because we have here kind of the, the outlining of the Abrahamic covenant. And this is something we're going to be discussing quite a bit now over the next couple of days. Because this covenant um, is vital uh, to our understanding as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For it is into this covenant that we are adopted into at baptism. Uh, it is into this covenant through our patriarchal blessing that we can see our lineage and our connection to, back to Abraham. Uh, and the way in which we are able to receive these blessings of this covenant. In a way, it's kind of like a, a priesthood lineage. For those who are not aware, when a... When a, a male is ordained to an office in the priesthood, they are given a, a line of authority in which it is kind of spelled out from them back up through who ordained them to who ordained that person all the way back to the saviour himself uh, through the keys given by Peter, James and John to the prophet Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. Um, but to, to the prophet Joseph Smith mainly, of course. Uh, and... In a way, this uh, patriarchal blessing that we have this opportunity to receive is in a way like a line of authority in terms of our connection to Abraham, to this Abrahamic covenant. For we are adopted into one of the 12 tribes of Israel, whose father is, of course, Israel. Uh, and that goes then through to Isaac and to um, Abraham, back to him. And so we can all um, lay claim to this covenant 
and the nations of the earth are truly blessed through this covenant. So um, I've had it, I've heard it explained uh, as um, this by uh, Sister Julie B. Beck. Uh, she spoke uh, to a group of uh, a large gathering of young women about patriarchal blessings and said, quote, your bishop and parents can help you decide when is the right time for you because the age and readiness are different for each person. When you understand the meaning and purpose of a patriarchal blessing and have a sincere desire to do the work of the Lord, you should be mature enough to receive your blessing. Sometimes people wait longer than is needed to receive their blessing, thinking they need to qualify for it in some special way. If you can qualify to receive a recommend to do baptisms at the temple, then you should be able to qualify for a patriarchal blessing. It is important to prepare for your blessing with fasting and prayer so that your spirit is humble and teachable. Your personal preparation is very important. When you receive your blessing, you get a glimpse of eternity. You begin to see a picture of what lies ahead for you because your blessing will refer to your eternal purpose and journey. The patriarch who gives you your blessing does not know what your blessing will be until he gives it. He depends on the spirit to tell him what to say. In your blessing, you are told about your ancestry in the house of Israel. That's your family line, and your family line is sometimes called a tribe. All of the tribes go back to the great patriarch Abraham. Your lineage is important. It means that you are included in the promises given to Abraham that through him all the nations of the world would be blessed. Close quote. And join us tomorrow as we continue to dive more deeply now into this Abrahamic covenant. What is promised to Abraham, and in turn, what is promised to us through these promised blessings? Thank you so much uh, for joining us today as we've continued through this uh, experience of Abraham. Uh, and please join us tomorrow as we start to study that more, more, more deeply for us today. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.